Okay, so we're kind of doing the thing now. So this is recording now? Yep. So we're not going to say anything about our hiatus, right? No. So nobody needs to know we're that. We're just, no. It's, nobody. Okay. That might be like crazy super loud. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. You ready to go? Yeah. All right, cool. Hi, this is Cody Daigle-Orians. This is Neil Daigle-Orians. And welcome to another episode of Bearded Fruit. Yay. Yay. Mm. Give, it some, give, give it some more. He mm. is risen! <laughs> yeah, that's right. We are, uh, we are recording this episode on Easter Sunday. Um, Happy Easter. We got some yeah. Easter eggs up in here. We do. We some Reese's eggs. And... Some Easter coffee. Mm-hmm. We have an Easter soundboard, a four-channel Easter mixer. And I'm wearing an Easter bonnet. <laughs> I wish I kind was. Of. I wish I was wearing an Easter bonnet. You're wearing a um, sleeveless hoodie. I am. Yeah. So kind of. That's my Easter bonnet. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So um. So we'll just try to kind of dive right in to um some talking about gay stuff. Yes, please. Uh, yeah. So so this week, um, a dude making out with another dude at Coachella made news. Um, groundbreaking. <laughs> Insert Meryl meme. Male making out with males. Groundbreaking. Yeah, but so two guys making out at a music festival is not really that surprising, yes, but when the guy in question was uh, Aaron Schock, who is a former Republican congressman from Illinois, it makes it a little bit more newsworthy. Um, so if you don't know who Aaron Schock is, when Aaron Schock was in Congress, he was uh, in the House of Representatives, his voting record was very, Kel Surprise, anti-gay. Would you say that this revelation of him making out with another man was very... Shocking? It, it, not really. Not oh, okay. really. When you know, yeah. So when he was in Congress, he voted against "Don't Ask, Don't Tell." He voted against anti anti anti. Let me try that again. He voted against anti discrimination laws that included protections for LGBTQ people, and he voted in favor of adding a constitutional amendment banning marriage equality. Uh, he received a very impressive zero rating from the human rights campaign. So um, he was. Um, that's an all-time high score. He was something. Uh, he was also, during this entire time that he was in Congress, never out as a gay man. Although a lot of people really uh, sort of shipped him as a gay guy. They, were, they often said, like, oh, no, he's, he's got to be gay. Uh, was, because, was, it, was it like, he's got to be gay because of like the whole Mike Pence, like, oh, he's so anti-homophobic that he must be gay. Or was it like, oh, he's a, he's a twink and he's a hunk and he fits into the white male uh, sense of beauty, so he's got to be gay because I'm thirsting over him because I'm gay. I think uh, – <laughs> Yeah, which one? I feel like it? it's a combination of those two things, okay. but yes. Uh, because he sort of, uh, quote unquote, I hate to say it, looked gay um, because he was white, conventionally attractive, muscled, um, twinkish. Twink ass, twink ass, twink adjacent. Uh, he was yes. Many people thought he was gay and sort of said that, even though he never officially was out of the closet. Um, but then this past week, uh, some videos and pictures surfaced from Coachella that showed Shock hanging out with uh, a bunch of other like shirtless, muscled, conventionally attractive gay white guys. 
chilling out. As they do. Yeah. And uh, also, uh, maybe a little bit more uh, incriminating for him, there was a video of him making out with and feeling around down the front of the pants of another shirtless, muscled, conventionally attractive gay white guy. He was just giving him like an impromptu um, testicular cancer screening. <laughs> he was just like, let me make sure there's nothing going on down there. That's terrifying. Sure. For you. It's that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he, these pictures surfaced and uh, people used them to sort of officially out him because during this time, his Congress never officially came out and they outed him as uh, a gay man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I guess the first thing there's a lot of stuff around this that I want to kind of talk about. And I want to bring in something else a little later, but I kind of wanted to start with the question of outing him. Was it okay to publicly force this guy out of the closet? Yes. I don't know. Um, I mean, it's, it's kind of a question of, it's kind of like a tit for tat situation where like, Whereas being forced out of the closet can be damaging, what happens when that person was already engaging in such in in creating a culture that makes outing somebody damaging? You know, like what if what if it's like a, a taste of your own medicine situation? Um, <clears throat> and I don't really subscribe to like the the liberal purity of like you always you have to treat every single situation the same. So like outing people in Saudi Arabia is radically different than outing this dude. Um, So like, I think, um, I mean, at the end of the day for him specifically, who does it harm? Like who's, who's getting harmed by this and like maybe him, but at the same time, if you're going to be a public figure and you're going to go to a public event and you're going to make out with dudes in public, maybe, maybe you're making choices. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with the idea that uh, you know the, the the notion that outing under any circumstances is not cool because people everybody gets to determine when they come out of the closet is not nuanced and not uh, respectful of context. And I think in a situation where someone like Aaron Shock is uh, actively working as a person in power and using that power to harm other queer people, and you're not, and you're also benefiting from queerness by making out with hot dudes uh, or dudes that you think are hot and feeling their penises at Coachella, then you're a bit of a hypocrite. And the, the fact that you would, um, and the fact of who you are needs to be part of the public conversation. Yeah. Like I think there's definitely some room for um, like outing somebody Outing, outing conservatives who especially are very vocally anti-queer, I think is, I feel like that's just kind of like guerrilla tactics. Like it's, it's less, oh, this is harmful because outing is harmful and more, this is making light of hypocrisy. This is, um, shedding light on the, like having their, trying to have their cake and eat it too situation. Um, so I do think there is there is definitely justification for it. I think there's definitely, like, you know, sucks to be you, shock. Like, s- sorry, you made terrible choices in your political career, and then you continued to make terrible choices um, in terms of how you practice your sexuality in a way that um, wouldn't be hidden. And like, if anything, like I do, 
I definitely feel bad that he felt the need to be closeted and things like that. Um, and there's definitely there's there's clearly stuff going on there in terms of like not to diagnose him from afar because I didn't even know who he was until all this happened. Um, there's definitely some self hate issues. There's definitely some some kind of stuff that he's going through where he would um, act so anti queer and then actually be queer himself. There's definitely something going on um, there that it, it sucks that he lived in a culture that created that. Um, but I mean, I did that too. I, I also grew up in a culture like that and um, did not harm queer people in a political venue. Like I was able to do it. So um, go to therapy shock. Like, <laughs> like that's all I can say. Just like, like, like good for you that you're living your truth at Coachella. Um, or as I like to call it, Coacola. Um, and just like find a therapist. I'm sure there are plenty. I'm sure you can afford it if you're going to Coachella. Um, and like learn to love yourself. Well, I think you make it that that's a nice like segue point to the other thing because the other person in this past week who has been um, part of a conversation about being in the closet and being out has been Pete Buttigieg, who is um, the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, and also uh, one of the candidates for president of the United States. And he is rather been in the news quite a bit lately because he is the first openly gay male candidate for president of the United States. And he was recently on Rachel Maddow, and they had a, a, a pretty great conversation about um, being in the closet. He's relatively new out of the closet. Uh, he was an elected person, an elected re, elected official before he was out, and he came out um, in June 2015. So he's really only been out like three, four years tops. And uh, in his conversation with Rachel Maddow, he was talking about making that choice. Uh, he was in Afghanistan. He was in a seven-month deployment in Afghanistan. And that experience really um, put into perspective for him the necessity for him to be out. And he said uh, to Rachel Maddow, quote, I realize that you only get to be one person. You don't know how long you have on this earth. And by the time I came back, I realized I've got to do something. So he, in, unlike Aaron Schock, came out. And uh, he also said this in the uh, in the the interview with Rachel Maddow. I was well into adulthood before I was prepared to acknowledge the simple fact that I am gay. It took years of struggle and growth for me to recognize that it's just a fact of life, like having brown hair and part of who I am. Like most people, I would like to get married one day and eventually raise a family. I hope that when my children are old enough to understand politics, they will be puzzled that someone like me revealing he is gay was ever considered to be newsworthy. So... I like what I think is interesting about his story in contrast is sort of the way that Pete Buttigieg is being treated in some public conversation around his queerness. Uh, there's there's conversation in certain very particularly progressive circles of, of Internet land that are sort of questioning his credibility as a queer candidate, uh, questioning like the the the. Um, both the legitimacy, but also like the the quantity of his queerness. There's a lot of discussion about the fact that you know he he's being held up as this kind of queer person who is running for president, but he's only been out of the closet for three years, and um, you know that he's he's kind of new to this whole ball game. And um, and I guess I wanted to talk a little bit about. I thought it was interesting, in contrast, to discuss his experience of the closet. Uh, which, go ahead. Well, it's just like I think that there's this like um, progressive movement right now that feels very almost like Obama birthers, 
where it's like, what do you want him to like come out with a list of all the dudes dicks he sucked? Like, like is is that what you want? Is that it, would that prove his queerness if you if you were to like um, regale his his sexual encounters? Is that is that make him queer enough? Um, I mean, on on the same hand though, like it's one of those things where like I feel like a lot of these radical progressive queer people forget that being in the closet doesn't make you any less queer. Um, and that, like, that, that experience is very valid, especially coming from a red state, especially coming from that era. I mean, if Homeboy went to the military too, I mean, there's all sorts of, like, reasons that, um, people in red states go to, go into the military. Um, and so, like, there's, there's obviously a lot more going on than simply it was safe and easy for him to be in the closet. There's obviously a lot more nuance going on there. Um, if anything, I just think like the most unrealistic part is that he's only been out of the closet for like four years and he's already married. Like, how dare he? (laughs) Well, he's moving very quickly. He is a Rhodes Scholar. So he's, you know, he's, um, perhaps he can fast track his (laughs) self-awareness. Right? No, so I, I guess kind of the big question then with these two people, you have on the one hand, um... Uh, a, a white gay man from the Midwest who became a politician who stayed in the closet and denied who he was publicly and actively courted the votes of people who also believed that queer people should be in the closet. And he gained power and he gained prominence through being a homophobe, basically, even though he was a homosexual man himself. Can we rewind this conversation just like real quickly? Yeah. Um, has schlock shock shock schlock schlong has shock like actually made a statement about this yet or has he been no he's been very quiet on this i haven't seen a statement from him yeah so like i also wonder like how much are we assuming how much are we assuming about his identity about his behavior about his activity because like i mean you said before that like a dude can experience um, sex with another man and still identify as straight, um, like bro job situation. Um, and like that, that if anything makes us even more nefarious. Cause then it's like, Oh, well then you're not even gay. You're just benefiting from the hot fun of the gayness. Um, but I, I, I do think there's maybe some like, is, is he really outed or is he just, he just did stuff, you know, um, either way. I mean, I, I still think there's, there's something nefarious and, and like kind of weird going on, but I, I do feel like the conversation does kind of assume a little bit about him. Cause cause like, um, mayor Pete, cause I will never know how to pronounce his last name. I don't care how many times they say it's, it's this thing. I will never know. Um, he actually said, yes, I am. Um, so then what, there, those are different experiences like altogether there too. Okay, yeah, I, I maybe some additional context there. I thank you for bringing that up. I like that as a, a conversation point. Um, the it wasn't just that they took pictures of him and then there he was. There were also conversations with the guys he was hanging out with who were who were gay, and um, th- they have he pre- he was presented to them as a gay person. Uh, okay, right. So it wasn't like it, it's it's very different because I do agree, I do think you can identify as straight and still occasionally suck a dick or have your dick sucked and that's because you know some of those cultural identities are are different and you know 
Yeah, so then yeah. is the language not necessarily that these people are being outed, like especially conservative politicians who get uh, caught up in gay sex scandals, is not that they're necessarily being outed so much as they're being found out, like for their um, gay gay behavior. That's gay behavior. Yeah, I mean, I think that would kind of be almost a different set of questions, um, because in this case, he 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 presented himself as queer to the people he was hanging out with. Well, that's how you get a dick in your mouth yeah. quicker. <laughs> Not necessarily so. I mean, sometimes the fantasy of... Yeah, but that's normally like the other way around. Yeah. If he wanted a blowjob, yes, he'd be like, hey man, I'm super straight. Because <laughs> that's, that's exactly how straight people talk. Yeah, that's what this oh, is. Hey, my... man, I'm super straight, man. Hey, my name's Alex. I'm Cody's best friend, and this is how I talk. <laughs> I used to work for World Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, okay, now you're you're becoming you're casting aspersions. I like sports. Uh, um, balls. N- no, like I think that he, yeah. I, in in this situation that he's like presenting and 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 going out into the world as a gay man to the people that he's hanging out with but not publicly saying i'm gay and publicly um harming queer people with the choices that you made as a as a, an elected representative then you deserve that you're being outed that's outing you yeah it's not you don't get the pass of like you don't get the straight guy bro job pass but I have like there's there's separate problems connected to that. Like I yeah, don't... I don't think straight guys get a straight guy. No, no, they don't. But it's like it's a different set of problems. Instead of it being sort of like focused in in queer identity, it's really kind of more about toxic masculinity and and that sort of questioning. Like it's a Venn diagram. Yeah, really. it's, it's it's hitting like a yeah, but it's kind of hitting like a different set of questions and issues than this particular thing is. Word. Um, but I guess so. Then that 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 lends to then the larger question. We have these two poles. How do we as queer people who are out of the closet now and living our lives and doing those things, how do we reckon with the closet and how do we positively include the experiences of people who are in the closet in the experience of the queer community? How do we make space for the closet when we know the closet is harmful and is demonstrably harmful? You know, I've been thinking about that too with how um, app culture is. And the whole like, um, like uh, don't even talk to me if you don't have a face pick type um, dialogue is, um, and it's 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 interesting um, because like on one hand I've been there, um, and it wasn't even necessarily like I think about when I was experiencing my queerness online for the first time i was already out um but i still wasn't really into using face pics um and i think part of that was because i didn't want to be i didn't want people to know that i was looking um or like there there was some kind of like yes i'm out but i don't want to be found soliciting um whatever you want that to mean um so like or, or like, I don't know, a digital space, like, yes, I'm out, but when I, my face is on an app like that, that anybody can access, then somebody takes that away from me. And, like, coming out is a continual process. Um, there, are, for, there are situations where I'm not comfortable being out. Um, wildly enough, teaching is a, is a situation like that. Um, 
when I'm teaching my college courses, I don't, I normally have to have my class earn my trust first. Um, I accidentally outed myself on like the first day of one of my classes this year though, because there's a picture of us on my desktop and like it showed up and not my PowerPoint. And I was like, well, now y'all know I'm a huge fag. Um, and I'm married to another one. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Accurate. So I mean, I, I think I think part of it is, is acknowledging the, the continual every day. We come out every day, or we can come out. Like, opportunities to come out. Are, it's not just one big moment, and then suddenly you've got the pink triangle on your sleeve. Yes, I'm using that imagery, um, and that everybody knows. Like, different people don't know. So then it's like, okay, now I'm situationally outing myself. What does this look like? What does this feel like? Um, yeah, well, I think that's a very important point to make and uh it kind of uh, moves into i think it's an important point to make that the closet is not um, a singular experience and it's not a singular point in time experience that as queer people we are always in the both out and we're like schrodinger's homo we're both in the closet and out of it at the same time all the time well and sometimes your closet has french doors sometimes it's a walk-in yeah sometimes it has a dresser inside of it sometimes your apartment is a closet because there are still and i agree i've been i've been out as a gay person since I was 18 years old. And so that's a long time ago. That's over a decade ago, two decades ago. Um, and go what? <laughs> make your, throw your shade. The people love it. I mean, I was, uh, math is hard. I was four. Yeah, you were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. Thanks. That's great. Thank you. Um, but I've been out of the closet for over two decades, but there are still situations in which I am in the closet. Work is a place that I am both in and out of the closet all the time, depending on who I'm talking to or who I'm engaging with. So um, the closet is really just light. It's a particle and yeah, and a wave. It's quantum mechanics. It's the qu- quantum queerness. Queertum. Queertum. McQueerness. Yeah. But and I, I think there is a um there and and I think this is true in a lot of kind of these really progressive social quote unquote social justice warrior circles and uh, the, those conversations of um uh, these the, the sort of performative purity of a lot of people you know I'm out of the closet I am out everywhere well that's just not true and you can you have to make space for because there are spaces that you were not out there are people who don't know that you're queer and you come out all the time and you have to make space some sort of space for the people who don't feel comfortable doing that and you have to make space for the people who may never feel comfortable doing that that reminds me of when we were in south dakota last year for my brother's wedding and suddenly i was reminded oh like this is what it feels like mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's right there's there's definitely like a certain level of it's like almost like self-preservation kicked in too, where it was just like, okay, we're not going to hold hands in public. We're not going to do this and that at the Walmart of Sioux Falls. We're we're going to act a certain way that we don't act in our normal lives in Connecticut. Um, even though I bought those beautiful shiny pants. Yeah. Well, there was a one. That's a great example. There was a wonderful example of um, being confronted with the the like the omnipresence of the closet at that at your brother's wedding uh, when we were taking family pictures. <laughs> We were taking family pictures, and uh, the photographer was kind of lining us up in various ways. And Neil and I were standing next to each other, and I was uh, standing. It was I, I was standing next to Neil, who was standing next to his mom. Something like that, yeah. And uh, the photographer pointed at me and was like, "Are you the husband?" 
And I said yes because I was standing next to Neil at that, and because that's true. I am Neil's husband. And so he asked me to switch places with Neil for some reason, which I kind of thought was weird. I didn't quite get it. So it was now Neil, then me, then Neil's mom. And once we sort of landed in place and he continued on, I realized what he meant was, am I Neil's mom's husband? He thought I was Neil's father. Yeah, and then um, you were going to be – she was going to be moved to the other side, so he mm-hmm. was going to move both of you, and you're like, um, actually <laughs> – Um, actually. Well, actually, yeah. And then so, like, in this moment, in front sir? of – excuse me, sir. Right. In front of the stranger, in a very public way, I had to be like, uh, well, I, as a matter of fact, I am married to the man here, not to – my mother-in-law Dick sucking um, savant. <laughs> and it was uh, it was like a weird it was a moment but you know like that was coming out of the closet it was awkward and i felt weird about it and it made my stomach go bleh, 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 bleh. and he went oh really <laughs> yeah he was real soup uncomfortable soup's uncomfortable he was right about he was right about one thing though you are my daddy oh love um but yeah and I, so I think it's in, I think it's really important for us to make space for people who remain in the closet and also recognize that we still reckon with it all the time. Yeah, and like I think the difference is between Mr. Pete and Mr. Schlock, whose first name I've already forgotten, Aaron, who Aaron. cares? Whatever. Um I think the difference is that um for Mr. Pete, it was more of a um, a self-preservation, a um, figuring out of oneself. Whereas with Aaron, it, it's it's more of a um, it's benefiting from the closet. Um, so I think like whereas both of them were probably oppressed um, by this whole construct of the closet. Um, in Schlock's case, he um, twisted that in such a way that he benefited from it. And I think that's where outing people is okay. When they are benefiting from the construct of the closet, then it's okay to out them because that's harmful to queer people at large. Whereas when somebody is just in the closet and they happen to be in the closet, that's when outing them no longer um, becomes a thing. Or if they're benefiting from the closet in such a way where it's like, they won't get killed or they won't get kicked out of their house. Like maybe let them live. Um, Cause there's this whole thing with like WikiLeaks and Saudi Arabia right now where they're like outing people um, through WikiLeaks. And it's like, okay, Julian Assange, we get it. You're trash. Like that's mm-hmm. been established, but like that's harmful. That's not helping anybody. It's hurting a lot of people and it's making it a lot harder to be queer in Saudi Arabia as a result. Agreed. So I was reading this um, article uh, a couple of days ago, actually, or I think it was yesterday. Uh, for, uh, it was an article about empathy, and uh, it was an article that sort of posited that uh, we, as a culture, are are shifting the way we understand empathy and the way we are practicing empathy, and that the it, currently we tend to practice empathy as something that is a, a finite resource that we contain a certain amount of empathy and we withhold it for the people that we think are being harmed. Or we think we reserve empathy for the people that we think are on our team because we only have so much of it to spread around. And we used to think of empathy in a much broader sense. We used to think of empathy as more of a practice as more of a thing you did and not so much a thing you possessed. 
and uh, so that empathy could not only be for the people who are kind of in your tribe, but empathy would also be able to be extended to people who weren't because it was a, it was a, it was an active thing. It was something you did. And the, this article was really interesting to me because it sort of suggested that in a lot of our conversations and maybe in the way that we as we sort of like operate with with people who are um, experiencing queerness particularly differently than we do, we are failing to practice empathy because we're treating it like it's a non-renewable resource. And I feel like it would be beneficial for us to look at both Buttigieg, who is out in the world, right? He's out and he's in the world and he's trying to explain why being in the closet was a thing and he's learning. He's still like, I mean, I think I, when I think about when I was three years out of the closet, I didn't know shit about anything. I, I didn't know shit about shit when I was three years out of the closet. And your current concept of yourself is that you currently do know things? No. <laughs> No, my current no, really. Like that's a whole other podcast episode. But my current concept of myself is completely different from anything I ever really thought I was before. Like I don't even. I've said in therapy, I don't know who the fuck I am right Foreshadowing. now. Foreshadowing. Yeah, maybe it is another episode. But um, I think as much as we should be extending, I think that a lot of people have been able to extend some empathy toward Pete Buttigieg because he is like out in the good way, but have not been able to extend any kind of empathy for Aaron Shock, who you said it a little bit. But yeah, he used it to his advantage, but he's also a victim of the closet. Aaron Schock is also like a, the result of structural homophobia and he is the result of toxic masculinity and he's the result of all these things that also harmed us. I mean, sure, but also like at the same time, I mean, choices like absolutely like, he, like um, sure, sure. That's 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 all all well and nice and all that stuff, but he should still be held accountable for his decisions. And so, like, I think, like, if anything, people are upset because of that sense of empathy. You oh. know, it's like, it's like, oh, you are terrible and were terrible and continue to be terrible, whereas I didn't do that. So, because, and I understand similarly what you went through. So, yeah, heck off. Well, I, and, and to clarify, please understand, I'm not saying that we should we should like treat him kindly. I think yes, you do hold him accountable for his actions. They were horrible and atrocious, and were harmful to our community as a whole. So he deserves what he's getting. Um, but empathy doesn't mean that you embrace, and empathy doesn't mean that you accept the ideas of somebody or the actions of somebody. Empathy just means that you understand that they're a person and ew gross no yeah but no like so that that's all that's really all i'm saying like if we are going to i just feel like if we're going to do any kind of real work that will actively end the closet it's not going to be in canceling aaron shock and and calling pete Buttigieg uh, a fake queer person it's going to be in looking at both of these men and their experiences as a queer person and the choices they've made and trying to understand structurally how they both got there and trying to recognize that they're both people who were placed in the same system that we were. But we all made really different choices about them because in a lot of ways, like, yo, we are. I mean, I don't I don't know what their personal situation is, but I feel like on the queer scale, we're way queerer in a lot of ways than like Pete and his cute little husband. You know, like they they seem to be embracing a very heteronormative structure. 
Whereas we're like, fuck all the things, you know, like or none of the things. or none of the things. Right, another episode. Um, but but all of us have been. But all of us are working within the same cultural construct, and all of us are working within the same set of um, like uh, structural uh, of uh, structural oppression. And if we're going to change that for every one of us, then it becomes about doing the work that. The, doing the work that addresses the structure and not just the people and their individual actions within those structures. But nuance is hard. I know. That's not the only thing that's hard. <laughs> Structural oppression is also hard <laughs> to deal with. Yeah, but the, so that's just sort of like I, I think maybe what, where my mind has been sitting with these two people trying to find um, – an empathetic connection between them and, and trying to, you know, whether we like it or not, Aaron shock is in the community in some way. He's the family member we don't want to talk to. And he's the family member that we don't want to um, sit with or share the macaroni and cheese with. He's the family member who brings craft macaroni and cheese. <laughs> It's not just I mean, that we look, don't want to share the macaroni and cheese with him. It's that he's actively making bad macaroni and cheese. Okay, but hold now, hold, now hold on, though. Kraft Mac and Cheese has its place, we, and it's with the chicken nugget. In the garbage. <laughs> In the garbage that we call our stomachs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I am not going to hate on a, on a Kraft Mac and Cheese. I, I do. I don't want to hate on it. Can we talk about real quick that the Trader Joe's brand mac and cheese we got just wasn't that good? No, it wasn't. Trader no. Joe's, I'm so sorry. I tried. I tried to make it good, too, and it just mm-hmm. wasn't. No, no. It was not cheesy enough. No. Not cheesy enough. You know what is cheesy, though? My love for you. Oh, same Aww. here. Aww. On a very special episode of Bearded Fruit. <laughs> 421. 421. Um, so yeah, so that's it. So be 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 kind to the people, and um, no, but mostly I think like in your in your con- when you're when you're starting to deal in conversations about around around other people's queerness, um, think empathetically. Make think sure broadly. you you vet every single queer that you go down on to be like, wait, how queer are you? On a scale of one to ten, okay, you're queer enough. That is literally opposite of what we have been saying. Oh, but, oh, okay. But I, but I mean, I guess different strokes for different. Suck folks. all the dicks, <laughs> or don't. <laughs> what you probably didn't hear is that that giant proclamation from Neil got a bark from our dog. I mean, it's more likely a dog outside, but yeah. I'm going. My head cannon yeah. is that she's yeah. mad at me. Uh, I was, see, I was going to say that Oaf was agreeing with you. <laughs> that Oaf was like, yeah, it's like all the dicks. I learned it by watching you. Well, that just means she gets more friends. <laughs> Probably so. <laughs> All right. So, as um, always. Yeah, as always, thank you so much for listening to Bearded Fruit. And uh, we'll see you when we see you. To be continued. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Rise. Um, Everybody, rise. Two quick jokes mm-hmm. that I want to make sure are recorded. Um, earlier, you said operate in such a way that I was like, operate. You make everything work. Thank and you. Secondly, um, where you're asexual, I'm asexual. On the next bearded fruit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye, listeners. Thank you for listening. Bye. Happy Easter.